0: Seven came to trust the Lord as their Savior. And uh, just in the past few days, uh, four have come to trust in Him as Savior. My friend, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, if you're fighting that conviction, you don't know if you were to die today that you would go to heaven, I want you to listen. This message is for you. Ezekiel 17, verse 22 And 23. Men, we're going to read this today and read it nice and loud, okay? Ladies, you just go ahead and watch. We know the ladies can read, but we're going to give the men some exercise today. Gentlemen, nice and loud, like you mean it, verse 22. Thus saith the Lord God, I will also take of the highest branch of the high cedar and will set it. I will crop off from the top of his young twigs a tender one and will plant it upon an high mountain and eminent. In the mountain of the height of Israel will I plant it, and it shall bring forth boughs and bear fruit and be a goodly cedar, and under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing In the shadow of the branches thereof shall they dwell. There's one phrase in there that I really want to focus on this morning. And under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing. I want to preach what I'll call, I guess, the title of the message. It doesn't matter who you are. Lord, please bless the preaching of your word. Save the soul that is nearest hell in this room. Revive all of those who are backslidden from you. Call the prodigal home. Encourage the brokenhearted. And help the Christian that has chosen to abide in you to see that you are all we will ever need. Lord, there are many in this room that are tired. Many who are exhausted. Many who feel And believe that if you do not help them today, they do not know how they'll make it through another week like this. Let the message from this passage of Scripture reach deeply into their heart. Convict sinners as you convicted me when I was a 13-year-old boy. Lord, have them feel as if the earth would open up and swallow them into hell if they do not come to you. Lord, they are not promised tomorrow. Please help them to see the love that you have for them in sending your Son to die on the cross, and the invitation that is open to everybody. We ask this in your name, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I remember there was a time growing up with, uh, and I got to go, gro- got to go, had to go grocery shopping with my mom. And uh, bless you, mother, I, I, lo- I loved spending time with you. But um, we went to Walmart, and then she's, I remember her saying, you know what, we're going we're to walk into Sam's Club, and we're going to give that a try. Like, I heard Sam's Club is pretty cool. Uh, so we're going to go into Sam's Club. And I still remember, it was just me and my mom, and we walked in, and right away they said, where's your membership badge or card or something? And uh, she's like, oh, I don't have one. And I said, well, then you, you can't be in here. Oh, I'm sorry. I, didn't, I, I don't want to buy anything. Do you remember that? I don't want to buy anything. I just want to look. Nope. Nope. You have to have a membership card. Okay, well, uh, I don't have a membership card. Okay, well then, well, then you are not allowed to be in here. <sighs> okay. I think, I think, I don't think you signed up for one that day. I think we just turned around and went out and cried about how poor we were. <laughs> what, what they were saying was, you don't meet the qualifications to come here. When I was um, 15, I got my first job, first job working at Elgin Country Club. It's a private country club all around the place, uh, from, from the entrance, members only. And then you drive in, and then there's, there's signs everywhere. I mean, I was an employee there, but there were still signs all over different doors. Members only beyond this point. You, you are not allowed here. You could go to businesses, or, or how about um, in the airport? Sometimes uh, the, the church has a United credit card, and uh, if we spend enough money, We get a United Club pass, which, bless you, church, every now and then that really helps when when I'm traveling to preach. And you could go to the United Club, but all on the outside, United Club members only. Think about businesses not too long ago who had certain races only. If you are not of this race, you are not allowed here. You are not welcome here. Um, you could have dinners or something like that. Sometimes somebody will announce a get-together and they'll say it's by invitation only. What are they saying? There are some people that you are not allowed. You are not welcome. Now, we're used to that. We're used to that. We are used to barriers of exclusion. It's just kind of a part of it. It doesn't surprise us when we walk by a door and it says, do not enter. Now, our curiosity is piqued. And we want to go against it, but we're, we're used to that. We are used to seeing a door that says "Authorized Personnel Only." We're used to going to a place that basically says, "You are not allowed here." But that is not. That is not. That is not how it is with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And aren't we so thankful for that? Yeah. <laughs> In this world, there are many places that will exclude you because of who you are. But it does not matter who you are when it comes to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is a place where all can come. Jesus Christ, and I'm not trying to, trying to belittle or, or anything, Jesus Christ is a club where all can be members. Jesus Christ is a feast where all have been invited. Jesus Christ is a get-together where every nation and every tribe and every tongue can be included. If you were to draw a circle, if I were to tell you, draw a circle around who is included and who can be included in Jesus Christ, you would need to find a globe and draw a circle around the globe. You may as well draw the earth. Nobody is excluded when it comes to the invitation of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter who you are. Now, that thought brings comfort to me. But as I was thinking about about this this last week, I have to admit, I find at times that thought brings even greater confusion to me. Because if none are excluded from Christ, why do so many people not come? If nobody is excluded from coming to Jesus, why do so many people not come? Why have some of you even in this room, young and old alike, why why have some of you even in this room not come to Christ? Is it because you don't want to? There has to be a reason why. Is it because you don't desire to come to him? Is it because you desire to have your sin more than Christ? Is it because between the choice of having your religious beliefs or Christ, you choose your religious beliefs? Which by the way, read your Bible, Jesus wasn't a big fan of. Is it because you wanna have your own ideas more than Christ? You know, I've met I've met many people, I I, I put in my notes, I I met few people who were so hard-hearted, but I can't say that. I've met many people who were so hard-hearted to say, I don't want Christ, I want this. I've met many people who were so hard-hearted, I have never understood a one of them. Not one. I, I do not understand why anybody would refuse the invitation to come to Jesus Christ. It confuses me. It reminds me, it reminds me of, a, uh, of a new convert that a preacher used to tell about. I, I, I don't think it was Preacher Gomez. I can't remember who it was, but they, and I still remember his name. His name was Jimmy, and I remember it because I had a friend named Jimmy growing up, and we started calling him Jimmy because of this illustration. And it was, a new, it was a new convert and he, he had lived a life of sin, a horrible life in uh, wherever area he was from. He was messed up in drugs, he was messed up in alcohol, he was messed up in pretty much everything that you could think of. And the Lord saved him, he found forgiveness of all of his sin and he changed. And he, and he had this newfound desire to tell people about what happened to him and tell people about the Lord. And so he went up to the pastor and he said, you know, I heard about this soul winning business. So, so what, what am I supposed to do with that? And the pastor said, well, you come out on Thursday. Thursday is when the men go out and we go and we tell people about the Lord and you are more than willing to come or more than, than welcome to come. So Jimmy came, and he was paired with another church member. And, and Jimmy said, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And the church member just said, you, you just sit, and you just watch and pray. And we'll go out. And if we can have a conversation, we can have a conversation. OK, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And the very first door they go to, somebody answers, invites them in. It was a different day back then, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, come in invites them in and they're sitting down and Jimmy is sitting there and he's doing what he's supposed to do just staying quiet and just kind of watching and just kind of praying but it gets to the point in the conversation where the church member is leading the person to the Lord and he says would you accept Jesus Christ today would you come to him would you ask him to be your savior and the person basically said in, in, in his own words I don't want anything to do with Jesus and when he said that Jimmy stood up and said how How dare you reject my Jesus? How could you say something like that? And he starts pacing back and forth in the man's living room, berating him. How dare you reject him? But you know what, Jimmy? I got your back. It confuses me. How can anybody, when they hear of the invitation of the gospel, say, no, I don't want anything to do with that? Is it because you don't want to come to him? Or is it because you don't think you can? Now I want you to think about it. Is it because you don't want to come? If you're that hard-hearted, the Holy Spirit can break you and he will have to. But for every one person who said, I don't want to come to Jesus, I've met many more who said, I don't think I can. Is it because you don't think you can? Do you think that who you are excludes you from coming to Christ? Do you fear that who you are would cause Christ to look at you and say, you are not allowed here. We don't serve your kind. You are not welcome. And you know what, Brother Mike, I'm getting a little sick. Getting a little sick. And maybe I should get a lot sick and by the Holy Spirit's power, I will. I'm getting sick of religious people pushing this idea in their pulpits and in their ideologies and in their teachings and in their congregations that not everybody is welcome to come to Jesus Christ. I'm sick of the Calvinists saying, no, he only died for a limited amount of people. That's a lie straight out of hell, sir. It's a lie straight out of hell, ma'am. God, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Man, that'll, that'll put a big hole in your Calvinism right there. Now, if you're in here and you're a Calvinist, you, you stick around. You won't be for very long. If you don't know what a Calvinist is, just know that they're wrong, okay? Okay. <laughs> But I'm sick of the Calvinists saying Jesus only died for a certain amount of people. And if you, just, so if, you, if you are not in the elect, bad luck. Whosoever will may come. I'm getting sick and tired of the Catholics. Saying unless you do this and unless you do that and unless you follow the sacraments and unless you keep this. Oh, and by the way, if we don't like what you do, we can kick you out. I see that nowhere in the Bible. I wish I could do that as a pastor every now and then. (laughs) You can't kick somebody out of the body of Christ. You have nothing to do with inviting them in. You have nothing to do with kicking them out. But people have this idea. You know how many people I, I run into where I'm saying, you can come to Christ, and they say, no, I can't. The church told me I can't. No, I can't. The priest said that I can't. And they believe it, and they believe it, lock, stock, and barrel. You show them from the Bible, the, the Lord says you can come, but they won't come because a priest told them they couldn't. I'd hate to be that priest with that blood on my hands. I'm sick and tired of the Jehovah's Witnesses who say you, there's only 144,000 that can come. That's ridiculous. I'm sick and tired of the Mormons who are saying only, only those who keep Our sacraments can come. And that would be to any denomination that has the nerve to tell anybody that you are not welcome in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, it does not matter who you are. You can come and you can find rest in Jesus Christ. This this room is filled with people from, from all different nations and all different tongues and all different temperaments, and all different ages, and all different colors, and all different backgrounds, and all different levels of wealth, and all different cultures, and all different education levels. But each one in this room that has come to Jesus has found that they were welcome in him. Now, for those of us who have come to Jesus Christ, We need to be very careful. We need to be very careful before we get so confused at those who will not come to Christ. We need to be very careful about that. Because my question is, what is more foolish? A lost sinner who will not come to Jesus Christ or a saved person who will not abide in Jesus Christ? What is more foolish? Who is more foolish? If we can ask the sinner, why won't you come to Christ? Because you're welcome to come to him. If we can do that, we must ask the Christian, why won't you abide in Christ? Because you are welcome to abide in him. As much as it confuses me when I hear a sinner say, God will never accept me because of who I am. It confuses me a thousand times more when I hear a believer say, God must be so tired of caring for somebody like me. I've heard that recently. God must get so upset when I pray to him again. He must be so tired of helping me. It does not matter who you are. Now, don't... Don't let anybody walk away from here and say, oh, you can live however you want and no, 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 no. You can come to Jesus as you are because he loves you for who you are. But he loves you too much to keep you that way. He will change you. He will change you. Can we come back in? Okay. It doesn't matter who you are. You can come. And as long as you, the Bible says, as long as you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can stay. Now, how can we know that? How can we know that? Because the Catholics say not everyone is welcome. And the Mormons say not everyone is welcome. And some Baptists say not everyone is welcome. So how can we know who's right and who's wrong? Bible. What does the Bible say? Because the Bible is the authority. The Bible is the final authority. When man's words don't match the Bible, man's wrong, Bible's right. Every time. I don't care how influential he is, I don't care how much of a following he is, I don't care how many people he has on TikTok or whatever he's got. When he says something that is against the Bible, Bible's right, he's wrong. And I'm speaking to myself as well. So how can we know? I can take you to John 6.47, where Jesus said, Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And I could take you to Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, where Jesus said, Come, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I can take you to Isaiah 1:17 that says, Come, and come now. Let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. I could take you to verse after verse after verse in scripture where God invites the lost to come and be saved. But then I can also take you to many verses in scripture where the Lord tells the saved to stay and be helped. I could take you to Hebrews 4:16. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that is a present tense verse. It's not just saying you've only got it once, so make it count. Let us come. Let us come. Let us come. Boldly. I could take you to John 15, 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. That's a pretty awesome promise if you ask me. God not only invites the lost to come and find forgiveness for their sins, God invites the saved to stay and find supply for their needs. But I think one of the greatest passages that explains this is one that I don't think any of us would have thought of. And it's right here in Ezekiel chapter 17. Now, this chapter, the whole chapter, contains a riddle. And praise the Lord, God explains it, because otherwise it would have been very difficult. Now, you can read it on your own time, but if you want to follow along with me, and then the verses that we read pick up at the very end. But the riddle is about this cedar tree, this very tall, very strong cedar tree. And a great eagle comes and he he plucks off a, a limb a branch from the top of that cedar tree, and he takes it and he plants it in a fruitful land next to a flowing river. Basically, he he plants it in a good area, an area where it will survive. And then that branch starts to grow and spread out. Now, it doesn't become this great tall cedar tree. It, It stays a low spreading vine. And the vine starts reaching toward that eagle that planted it. And it's basically looking to the eagle to to supply its needs. But then in the riddle, a second eagle starts flying around. And when the vine sees the second eagle, it turns away from the first eagle that planted it. And it starts reaching toward the second eagle that planted it. And the riddle ends with God saying, when the vine did that, it sealed its fate. It's going to wither away and it's going to die. Here's his explanation. That great big cedar tree was the world, the nations, and that, that, that top limb was Israel. And the eagle that flies and plucks that branch is the nation of Babylon. And Babylon plucks that nation of Israel and plants it in a fruitful land next to a river. And it's talking about how the, the Babylonian captivity, how Babylon would come and remove Israel from their place and plant Israel in the land of Babylon. And what God said through his prophet Jeremiah to Israel is you just need to take your punishment and you just need to serve Babylon and get it over with. And then I'll bring you back once you've learned your lesson. And so the vine is supposed to reach to that eagle, to look to that eagle to supply its needs for a little bit. God over and over said, my servant Nebuchadnezzar, I am using Babylon in order to punish and purge my people and you just need to take your punishment. But then a second eagle starts flying around and that is the nation of Egypt. And the Israelites in history, when they were oppressed by Babylon, ended up turning away from obeying Babylon and they turned to Egypt and looked to Egypt for deliverance. And God said, that was not my plan. That is not what I told you to do. And you are sealing your fate. But then the verses that we read is God's way of showing I'm not done with Israel I have future plans for my people. And that's why he says in verse 22, now it's my turn. I will also take a branch from this cedar. And it's gonna be the highest branch of the highest cedar. And I'm going to take it and I am going to plant it. It's gonna be a new and tender branch. I'm gonna plant it in a high and eminent mountain in Israel. It's Jesus, okay? Now, let's talk about this branch for a little bit. He says this in, in, in the passage, this branch is going to take root and it's going to grow and it's going to bring forth boughs. A, a bough is a branch, right? Bough is a branch. Does anyone, can anyone picture a cedar tree? Yeah. Okay. You know what a cedar tree is? All right. It's an evergreen. It's an evergreen tree. And it's going to bring forth boughs. Now, a bough is a branch, but you can't just say that because otherwise the Lord would have said it's going to bring forth branches. A bough is a strong branch, like the main branch of a tree. And it's going to bring forth a lot of those, which shows it's very healthy. Here's all he's saying. When Jesus Christ is planted in the earth, when I plant my son in the earth, he will be a place of protection When a cedar tree brings forth boughs, birds can fly in and find protection. Protection from predators, protection from the storms, protection from all four seasons of the earth, protection from all the forces of nature. And even so, God promised. Now, stay with me. I'm going somewhere, okay? Stay with me. God promised that Jesus Christ would be a place of protection from all that would bring harm. It might be the false teaching of the world. You can find protection from that in Christ Jesus. It might be a friend who has betrayed you. You can find protection from that in Jesus Christ. It might be a family member who's hurt you or a coworker or a classmate that has just made it their mission to torment you. It could be past memories. It could be questions and doubts about the future. It could be demons. It could be the devil himself. You can find protection in Christ Jesus. Perhaps your career has been shaken. Perhaps your faith is under attack. Perhaps your health is beginning to diminish and you don't know what your life is going to look like in five years. Maybe your marriage begins to break and you don't know how to mend it. Maybe your family becomes divided and you don't know how to unite it again. Whatever it is that has you frightened and whatever may be coming against you, that you cannot overcome, God has provided a place of protection in Jesus Christ. But there's more. It will bring forth boughs and bear fruit. Now, if boughs bring protection, fruit brings provision. Boughs are for protection. Fruit is for provision. Jesus Christ is not only a place where you can hide, Jesus Christ is a place where you can heal. He's not only a place where you can find safety. He's a place where you can find sustenance. He's not only a place where you can find rest for today. And that's all well and good, is it not? But what about strength for tomorrow? He's not only about finding rest for today. He's about giving you the strength for tomorrow, no matter what your weakness is. Where are you weak? What do you need? Are you better? Come to Jesus and find the fruit of forgiveness on the tree. Are you battling with hatred? Come to Jesus and find the the fruit of love. Are you battling impatience? Come to Jesus and find the fruit of self-control. Are you heartbroken? Come to Jesus and find the fruit of healing. Are you doubtful? You can find the fruit of faith. Are you proud, you can find the fruit of humility. Are you scared, you can find boldness. Are you guilty, you can find pardon, full and free. Are you divided in your affections, you can find focus. Are you confused, you can find peace. Are you out of control, you can find temperance. There is nothing that you need that Jesus Christ can't supply to you. You do not need the trees of the world. You don't need a psychiatrist, and you don't need a worldly counselor, and you don't need all, this, all these books, and all these podcasts, and all this junk. You need Jesus, and you can find everything you need in Jesus. Whatever you need, he can supply it, and then the Bible says this, he'll never run out. He is a goodly cedar. We don't use that word anymore, goodly. You know what I mean? Strong. He's not going anywhere. These branches that he puts forth aren't little tra- twigs where if you put your weight on them, they're going to break. They're boughs, my friend. You can, I, I, don't care, I don't care how big of a bird you are. You rest on that thing, and it ain't going anywhere. And his fruit isn't going anywhere either. It will remain. He's not just a place of protection. He's a place of permanent protection. And he's not just a place of provision. He's a place of permanent provision. Do you see how God is saying that in this riddle of the tree? Let me tell you my plans for my son. He will protect you and he will protect you permanently. And he will provide for you and he will provide for you permanently. He is a goodly cedar. But then let's get to where we're actually going today. And under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing. When God says it shall bring forth boughs, he is telling you, it doesn't matter what you fear, you can find protection in Jesus Christ. When he says it shall bear fruit, God is telling you it doesn't matter what you need, you can find provision in Jesus Christ. And when he says he is a goodly cedar, God is telling you it doesn't matter how much you need, your need will never overcome his supply. And then when he says, under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing, he's saying, it doesn't matter who you are. You can come and you can stay in Jesus Christ. Well, not the Mary Magdalene's, not the ones who are possessed and oppressed by devils, not those. Yes, even those. You know what Jesus is saying? You know what God is saying when he says, whosoever will, even you, Priscilla, and even you, Bradley, and even you, Bailey, and even you, Robin, and even you, Michael, it doesn't matter. Well, what about me? Yep, even you. Oh, oh, but not the Rahabs. Not the Rahabs. Not the ones who have fouled up their past with immorality. Uh, actually, yes. And in fact, I'll even make her an ancestor of Jesus Christ. Oh, but not the Matthews. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a publican. Yeah, him too. And in fact, I'll even use him to write a book of the Bible. Oh, but not the Moseses. He's a murderer. Oh, yeah, Moses too. Not the Davids. He's an adulterer. Oh, yeah, even David too. Oh, and not the Noahs. He's a drunk. Oh, yeah, him too. Not Nebuchadnezzar. He's a violent, heathen person. Oh, yes, even he can be saved, too. Amen. Not Peter. He denied. If Peter was a Catholic, he would have been excommunicated. Big time. <laughs> How ironic. How ironic. If the Catholics would have kept up with Peter, what they do with a lot of other people, they would have excommunicated their first pope. Right. <laughs> Woo! Oh, yeah, even Peter can come. (laughs) Foul-mouthed fisherman who doesn't have passed a third grade education. Yes, you can come too. Oh, not the Saul's of Tarsus, not the blasphemers. Yeah, him too. Not the Jonah's, the ones who are struggling with bitterness. Not the Simeon's and Levi's who in their anger slaughtered an entire city. Yes, them too. Not the woman at the well who was so messed up in adultery and everybody knew it where even heathen people wanted nothing to do with her. Not the Ninevites. Yeah, even the Ninevites too. Not the thief on the cross who spent his entire life in enmity against God. May I remind you before his last breath, he heard today thou shalt be with me in paradise. It does not matter who you are. You can come and you can stay. Oh, not the prodigal. He wasted everything that was given to him. No, he can come too. Even you, even them, even you, even you, even you, all foul of every wing can come. Whether you're rich or poor, healthy or sick, young or old, red, yellow, black, brown, and white, it doesn't matter. Whether you're gentle or you're mean, Whether you were raised in church or whether this is the first time you've ever darkened a church door. Or it's the first time in a long time you've darkened a church door. And you were surprised you didn't burst into flame when you came in. My friend, I'm glad that you're here today because if you don't come to church and hear the preaching of the gospel, you will burst into flame one day. You need to listen to me. Whether you are whole or you are broken. Whether you are protected or you are abused. Whether you are the abused or the abuser. Whether you're the victim or the criminal, whether you're the bitter or the better, whether you are the young or the old, it does not matter who you are. There is a place for you in Jesus Christ. Now, if you are lost, that's a Bible term. If you are here and in heaven's record book written under your name and there is a record book and it has your name on it, God knows who you are and he is concerned about your soul and he's concerned about your life so much so that he's been watching everything that you do. (laughs) And in heaven's record book written under your name is every sin that you have ever committed or even thought of Committing. And just in case you don't know what sin is, let's name some of them. Because we had somebody last week who came to Jesus because at, when we first started talking to them, they said, oh, no, I'm not, I haven't done that, and I haven't sinned, and I haven't done that. And then the, 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 the person who was leading them to the Lord said, well, have you ever cursed? Oh, is cursing a sin? Yeah. Oh, stink. <laughs> then, yeah, I'm a sinner. Okay, so let's talk about some of them. Every lie you've ever told. That's a sin. Oh, well, I had a reason to do it. Or it was just a little white, a little white what? Lie. Every thought, every foolish thought that you have ever thunk. That was not correct. Every foolish thought that you have ever thinked. Thank, (laughs) whatever. I know, guys, come on, just... (laughs) every time you've stolen, every time you've gossiped. Now, now you've never done that. Every time you've blasphemed, every time you had hatred in your heart, every time you've neglected God, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Every time you've disobeyed, every act of immorality, every thought, every think of immorality, it's all there. Why won't you come to Christ today? Why wouldn't you come to Jesus today? Well, I'll do it tomorrow. No! That's all right. today? No, come today! Are, are they, when you are lost, are there not days when the weight of all of your sin robs you of all your happiness? Why spend another day like that? That's good. That's good. <clears throat> Some of you are so hard right now. I think, you're, I, I think you are struggling within and I think you are battling right now. If, if I come to Jesus today, a lot of people are going to be surprised that I am because I've been playing the game for so long. If you want to go to hell for somebody else, that's your choice. But you listen to me. When you are lost, are there not nights where you stay awake weeping, saying there has to be more to life? Yes, sir. Sure. Yep. There has got to be more to life. Then all this stuff that I'm pursuing that is not bringing any satisfaction to my soul? Why spend another night like that? When you can come to Jesus today and find everything that you need in Him, protection from hell, provision for all of your needs, why, you can come, what would keep you from coming to Him and discovering what it's like to have the weight of the world lifted off of your shoulders? What would keep you from coming to him and say, Lord, be merciful unto me, a sinner, and save me from hell, and remove this burden from me. I can't carry it anymore. Is it because you don't want to? You're so rich. You don't need him. You're so religious. You don't need him. You have your own righteousness. You don't need him. Or you're famous, so you don't need him. I don't know if there's anybody famous in here, but just in case you are, you're obviously not that famous because we don't know who you are. And you're so strong and you're so smart. You're, you're an eagle, powerful and strong, soaring around. You're, 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 a, you're a dove and you, you think, you're, I'm, I'm pure and clean. I don't need anything. Or you're a hummingbird. I'm so gentle and kind. Listen to me. Birds much more beautiful than you have found a place in Jesus Christ. Yes, do not be so proud to think yeah. that you do not need his protection. Right. Right. And you do not need his provision. No tree of this world is going to protect you from God's wrath upon your sin. And no tree of this world can provide what you need for more than a season. You must fly to Christ. or the, 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 The day is going to come sooner rather than later. You are going to be broken and starving. What would keep you from flying to him today and finding in him everything that you need? Is it because you don't want to or is it because you don't think you can? Because you say, I'm a drunk. So was my dad. He came. And he's here on the front row. Yes. I'm an addict. I have riddled my body with drugs. The scars of my addiction track my body. I'm a murderer. I've taken these hands and shed blood. I'm a soldier. And I struggle with what I've done. I can't even control my thoughts. I can't even control my mind. I fell asleep at the wheel one day. I aborted my child. Somebody's life was cut because of me. I'm a prostitute, I'm an adulterer, I'm a blasphemer. I've said horrible things against God and his church. My favorite jokes to tell were about Christians. I'm a thief, I'm a bad parent. My children are all wrecked because of how I raised them or failed to raise them. I'm a rebellious teenager Or I'm only a child, or I'm a sorcerer, or I've lived a life of sin. I'm a raven, rough and rude. I'm a vulture, filthy and despised by people. I'm a sparrow, weak and timid. I I can't soar like the eagle. I can't sing like the robin. I can't glide like the albatross. I can't do any of those things. I could never be welcomed in Christ. You're wrong. Look throughout the pages of Scripture and even look at this room, and you will find birds who were much more damaged and much more <clears throat> ugly and weak than you who found a place in Jesus Christ. When God planted the tree, he invited the raven as well as the dove. He inspected the raven as well as the dove. And he invited the vulture as well as the eagle. And the crow as well as the robin. And the hawk as well as the sparrow. The weeper as well as the singer. The herding as well as the healthy. The foolish as well as the wise. The weak as well as the strong. The ignorant as well as the knowledgeable. Doesn't matter who you are. When God sent his only begotten Son into the world, he did it because he so loved the world. Amen. And when God planted Jesus on earth, he promised he would be a place of protection and provision for all fowl of every wing. And when Jesus rose again after being crucified and buried for three days, he said, Whosoever will may come. And when he said, Whosoever, he included you. Amen. He was planted so that everybody could come. It doesn't matter with what wing you come to Jesus. It just matters that you come. Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord. But remember, God doesn't just invite you to come and find protection and provision once. He invites you to stay And find protection and provision for your whole life. Under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing. So believer, you listen to me. Because your flesh will tell you otherwise and the devil certainly will. But you listen to me as much as you found protection and provision in Christ when you first flew to him and asked for grace to be saved, you can still find protection and provision today when you bow your head for the millionth time and ask him for grace to help in time of need. As Christ hears the prayer of every sinner who comes to him and says, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Even so, he hears the prayer of every Christian who says, Lord, I need your help again. I need wisdom for my business. My marriage is struggling. Please, please heal our love. And I need help paying my bills this month. And my kids are wavering and I don't know what to do. Can you you please bind their hearts to you because I'm losing them. I need strength to make a difficult decision because I know what my flesh wants to do. My heart is broken, please mend it or I won't make it. I've sinned again. And again, and again, and again, please cleanse me. Give me joy to spread to others and show me the next step that I need to take. You realize just as God promised the sinner, come unto me and I will not cast you out. He promised every Christian, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what ye will and it shall be given. Woo! Yes. Amen. So I think we have to ask, uh, what does it mean to abide, right? We know what it means to come to him. Lord, be merciful unto me, a sinner. What, what, what is it? You confess? You confess your sins and you repent. That is, how you, that is what coming is. Repenting means turning, changing your direction, turning away from your sin and turning to Christ. That's how you come to him. How do you abide in him? It, it is as simple as when you need protection, look nowhere but him. And when you need provision, look nowhere but him. That is abiding in Christ. When you are being attacked, don't run away from him, run to him. When you are being attacked, don't run to people, run to prayer. When you are being attacked, don't look for somebody's opinion, look for the principles of God's word. Just this morning, I prayed and I said, Lord, I am weak and only you can strengthen me. And Lord, I'm confused and only you can answer my questions. And Lord, I'm so tired. And only you can strengthen me. And I'm so worried. And only you can help me. That's abiding. As soon as you say, Lord, I don't think you can help me, and you fly somewhere else, you are no longer staying. You are no longer abiding. Don't complicate it. What is abiding? When you need protection, find it in him. And when you need provision, when you need food, don't turn on a stinking podcast. Open your Bible and read and say, Lord, please tell me what I need to do. Never gotten direction in my life from a podcast. Never gotten answers for my questions from anything other than God's word. Oh, this world serves up a buffet, doesn't it? But it doesn't fill you. Nothing satisfies. He says, if you just abide in me, you trust in me for your protection. You protect. You trust in me for your provision. And when I give it to you, when I speak my words to you, don't let them go in one ear and out the other. You keep them in your heart. When you do that, I don't care how long you stay. You ask what you will, I'll give it to you. I'm done. Almost. How many of you say, I'm, I'm saved? I know that I'm saved. I know for a Bible reason that I'm going to heaven. And I'm 100% sure of it. I know if I were to die today, that my last breath here would be in heaven. Don't raise your hand if you can't, but if you can, by way of testimony, you raise your hand, because I want to talk to you for a little bit. God bless you. You put your hands down. Now, I saw some who couldn't raise your hand. God bless you for being honest. We'll get back to you in just a little bit. But if you are saved... We'll, we'll, well, believer, okay? Believer. Do you realize then, if you are saved, that all the demons of hell can attack you and all the storms of this world can thunder upon you and all the persecutions that men can throw at you can be thrown at you, but as long as you abide in Christ, they can't Touch you. Now, I'm not saying there won't be times you won't be cast down, but you will not be knocked out. I'm not saying there won't be times where you won't be perplexed, but you will not be destroyed. I'm not saying there won't be times where your feathers will be rustled, but there will not be one time where one of them falls to the ground if you abide in Christ and you let him abide in you. You might be the weakest that you have ever been, and you might be the most afraid than you have ever been, and you most, you might be the most tired than you have ever been, and you don't know how you're gonna face another day, but as long as you abide in Christ, He will provide just what you need in order to face your tomorrow. So never be afraid to ask Christ for more. That is your application. None of this, I'm no longer welcome. None of this, I'm no longer this. I, Never be afraid to ask Christ for more. Because when you first came to him, he not only invited you to come, he invited you to stay. And with the invitation to stay came the understanding, I'm going to provide for your needs as long as you are here. Your needs will never exceed his supply. Let us come boldly onto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, Christian, you may be backslidden. You may be away from him right now. You are not abiding in him. You listen to me. You remember a day where you flew to him and you asked him to save you. You are going to heaven when you die. Praise the Lord for it. You remember a day when you flew to him, but you also remember another day when you flew away. And you started looking for other protection. And you started looking for other provision. And now the devil tells you you are no longer allowed back. Now you're afraid of what coming back will mean. You are afraid that you are no longer welcome at the tree. Don't listen to that lying snake you confess your sins, you fly back to Jesus today and he's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Just as he woke, he didn't turn you away the first time you flew to him. He's not gonna turn you away the next time you fly to him. You come back to him, you repent and you dwell. You dwell in the shadow of his branches.